Thank you for tuning in to Diaries of a Dom, plus questions answered, with me, Chastity Queen. Last Friday's episode on small penis humiliation was super fun, and because of that, I will be discussing today's topic with my own chastity slave of over six years, who has committed to over five more years of chastity with no free orgasms out of chastity. That's my slave, CQ's bunny. And we will be answering some questions from both my perspective and his perspective as a submissive and a slave in the uh, DS situation. So before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to my OnlyFans under Chastity Queen, where I have over 7,000 photos and over 700 videos to enjoy and much more content coming often. And if you want a fantastic chastity device or a high-quality strap-on called the Crotch Rocket, which pairs wonderfully with the vice, go to LockedInLust.com and use my 15% off discount code CHASTITYQUEEN for your fun, kinky gear today. You can also follow me on Twitter at ChastityQueen under Queen of Lockup, where I post updates and pictures and polls for you to engage in. And you can also follow me on FetLife under chastity-queen, where I welcome friend requests and followers too. So today, Bunny and I will be discussing the exciting and curious topic of emasculation. And we are currently partaking in some CFNM plus chastity. So clothed female, which I am, I'm in full clothing, I've got tank top and some tights on, and my slave is naked except for chastity. So CFNM is actually one of the most um, popular emasculation practices in this topic, under this topic. So we thought we would actually get involved. <laughs> So emasculation is something that we have engaged in throughout our whole relationship as dom and sub. It's a source of amusement for me and exciting for him too. I have asked the Twitter fans to give me some feedback on why they enjoy it, and I will share that at the end of this episode, so please do stay tuned. Emasculation and degradation is definitely individual. Every man who enjoys it has specific tastes or ways in which he might be emasculated in the most effective manner. I joined a group on FetLife because I could only find porn sites when asking for emasculation in my search tool. Being that emasculation is such a broad term that can fall under so many fetish categories, it can be hard to define without discussing those specific fetishes. The word emasculation carries such a negative connotation in mainstream society that it is felt to be taboo to even discuss or engage in emasculation. I truly believe that emasculation is the umbrella term that covers so many different fetishes. So I went on to this group in FetLife and, you know, I told them that I was writing a piece on emasculation and 
that there just seems to be uh, something that most people forget, that emasculation is only the umbrella and the fetishes or tactics used under that emasculation term are what come beneath that. It is what you do in a manner that removes a misogynistic male, basically, and punishes him by utilizing a variety of tools. That is where a dom will choose a fetish that the submissive identifies with as degrading or anti-man, for example, diapers, feminizing, human furniture, even just simply a good flogging or paddling in tandem to strip that male ego and effectively emasculate. There is no right or wrong way because each has different tastes and hard limits. It is individual and only effective when using something that the dom knows will remove the mental manhood, that psychological space, and essentially removing it, erasing it from the mind and replacing it with submission. So that's my two cents. That's what I told them in the group and my from my experience as an emasculator of men. So I want to go a little further into this, some emasculating practices. And verbal emasculation falls under all of these categories that I'm going to discuss. I'm not going to go into depth uh, with each and every one of them. That I can leave for another Friday episode. I can go specifically into each uh, varied fetish under emasculation, but I can give you an example of Uh, some of the things that many people enjoy being emasculated and under which category. So the verbal is also sort of an umbrella. And then specifically cross-dressing or forced panty and nylon wearing or asking your, your man to dress up even under his male work clothes is emasculation. ABDL, so adult baby diaper lovers, that can be considered somewhat emasculating, but people that want to get into the headspace of a little or a an adult baby, it may not be about humiliation or emasculation or degradation. That being said, many people want the emasculating focus in that area, so it's also varied. The next one I have here is giantess or macrophilia. So the man who enjoys feeling smaller than his dominant, uh, someone bigger than him. It could be, you know, more muscular than him. Anything bigger than him is a giantess mindset. Then there's human furniture. That one is fairly specific as well in that a person wants to be an inanimate object. They're stripping away any personality at all, completely, and becoming furniture for their dominant. Then, of course, we have chastity. And I'm going to say this, for some men, it can be an emasculating experience. Not for all men, but for some men. Emasculation in chastity is... It can also fall into small penis humiliation. 
So you put the chastity on, you've got some small penis humiliation going on, it's emasculating, being less of a man, being showing less of your manhood or your cock. Next is forced femme, and that is engaging with a dominant who chooses what you're going to wear, basically forcing you consensually to, I know that sounds strange, consensually forcing, but somebody comes to me, says, you know, mistress, I want you to feminize me. I'm not into it in my day-to-day life. It's not something I, I like, but I want that embarrassment. I want you to give me an experience of going from masculine to feminine. And the result is that that man feels less of a man. Then that leads also into sissification, which is even more elaborate if you want to get into frills and and heels and bimbo and bimbofication and all of that. Then you go into cleaning her house dressed as a sissy, wearing chastity as a sissy. It's wonderful. Next, we have golden showers. That could just be a man who is naked and he lays underneath a woman, and I've done this to many men. They just, they identify as a slave or a submissive. They don't particularly want to dress as a female. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But the ultimate goal is that they get pissed on. They get degraded. And I think that emasculation and degradation do really do go hand in hand. And golden showers is a good way to do that. There's also human toilets, which goes one step further. Now, as far as I was concerned, I didn't engage in anything beyond golden. And I know some doms that would do everything and had no issue with it. So more power to them. If they're doing it safely, responsibly, then I say go for it. Uh, Foot worship for some men can be emasculating. Not for all. Most foot boys, foot men, foot worshippers just absolutely love feet. It turns them on. It's not emasculating. But there are a small group that enjoy foot worship as being at the bottom of a, a woman, kissing her feet, worshiping her from the ground, and bowing. All of that is very impactful. And as I said earlier, impact play. Could be floggers, it could be a whips, it could be paddles, it could be a over the knee spanking. That's extremely emasculating. There's also stomping on the cock, stomping on the balls, kicking the cock, kicking the balls, ball crushing. As you can tell from my list, it's it's extremely varied. And one man could fall into he could enjoy five of these categories and they really work to emasculate him. The other man one, maybe it's only verbal that he enjoys being sworn at and spit at. And that's another thing, spit play, spitting on somebody. That can be extremely degrading and emasculating. And it works to put that man in the place that he wants to be. And he does choose to be in that place. It's his choice. He he would come to me, any of the men that would come to me would say, look, Mistress, I know this might sound funny, but would you spit on me? Would you spit on my cock? Would you make fun of me? Would you 
kick my ass? Would you kick my balls? Would you dress me in panties? Would I put a diaper over their head that's been pissed in? All of those things, I would often enjoy doing it regardless. So I was open-minded. I think that women involved in this type of play are more common than men expect. A lot of men think that these women don't exist. They're hard to find. They're rarities. But I believe that when a woman is given the option to do something such as this, if she is open-minded, she understands BDSM, she's going to take part. Let's carry on. Uh, Bunny, I'm going to start with uh, a question for you now that I've gotten over these few points on emasculation and the different subcategories. I'd like to sort of dig into your mind. So number one, what fetishes are the most effective in emasculating you? Feminization is a big one. Um, (laughs) You often have me uh, dress up as a sissy maid. There's crotchless panties too. That's pretty emasculating, especially when they're pink. Pink clothes in general, actually, when you're a man. I mean, I've never... Funny thing is, I've never been a fan of pink, so <laughs> I always found it quite emasculating to be wearing pink. Chastity is a big one as well. Uh, currently, I'm wearing those uh, anti-pullout spikes on my chastity cage, so that um, leads to some uh, interesting and uh, painful mornings. Verbal humiliation very that that's that's emasculating i mean uh like the small penis humiliation i mean that's the, the verbal that goes with uh verbal humiliation femdom femdom in itself is very emasculating because it goes beyond social norms it's very it's often like even in this day and age it's pretty uh it's considered uh frowned upon for women to be in places of power in a weird way. I mean, even though it's, it's very much, it's it's kind of in a transitional period, I would say where it's acceptable, but at the same time, it's not. We've also um, started looking in, like, as we said before, we started looking into cuckolding, which is, I mean, very, very emasculating. I mean, having another, man come in and have sex with your partner. I mean, that's huge bondage. Bondage is a big one. Um, I particularly like heavy bondage, not being able to move at all. Impact play as was met, as you have mentioned, it's um, very emasculating. You come out with uh, welts and red ass and a red back and, it's great. It's fun, but it's again, it's very emasculating at the same time. And as we're practicing right now, the clothed female, naked male, boot worship is a good one. I mean, you're down on your knees worshiping a woman's boots, I, uh, like CBT. That's also a great one. Yes. And so you bring up some points that I hadn't even put on my list, which is great. <laughs> Being that you are put in pink clothing a lot, and especially at the beginning of our relationship, I tended to just go nuts with the pink. 
So the fact that you're not a fan is funny. That can be quite emasculating, putting a man in pink. Though it is trending and even masculine men now. So I think that there's a crossover happening where it's being dominated in, in male society more so as a masculine color. So we got to keep that uh, domination at a minimum. <laughs> I want to see men wearing lipstick and nail polish like uh, Harry Styles, you know? Yeah, makeup. That's a good one, too. So femdom, yes, that is something I also didn't put on my list. Uh, that's, I guess, because it's obvious I'm a femdom and the position of power, having women as the powerful, the leader, the dominant role, the the captain of the situation, of the play session, of the pleasure, the captain of the pleasure, is extremely emasculating for a man who is made to be submissive under her. Let's see what else I've got here. Oh, yeah. And because I took a few notes, uh, the cuckolding, of course, is extremely emasculating for a number of reasons that we can figure out all on our own. But being tied up, not being able to take part in a lot of sexual fun while you're in chastity is definitely denial. And I think denial is also emasculation in the, in the broad term of it. Tease and denial is definitely emasculating for men who in you know everyday life feel as if, well, they should be able to take what they want when they want it and how they want it, whenever they want it, without anybody telling them what to do. So when they're denied by a woman, that's automatically emasculating. So the fact that I couldn't see a lot of emasculation definitions and discussions on Google tells me that it's it's actually more common than people want to talk about. And they're afraid to talk about it because they're afraid they'll be canceled. And that's not going to happen. That's just part of DS relationships and BDSM and even on a day-to-day -day level, there's many women who are extremely dominant in the relationships of their their husbands, their sons, everything. It's wild. Uh, and heavy bondage, of course. You're not able to really move. The dominant is in charge of leaving welts on you. And every time you look in the mirror, it's a reminder that you were over her knee and you were being spanked. And of course, boot worship, that's goes right into foot worship too, very much so. And CBT. Hey, why didn't I mention that? I love CBT, which is short form for cock and ball torture. Now, torture seems like a real harsh word, but it varies depending on what you're doing and what you your partner's consenting to. So if your partner is consenting to having their balls squished in a ball squisher or if it's something light like a, just a tap on the on the testicles or a tap on the cock or rubber bands tied around the balls or shoelaces tied around the cock there's a whole variety so it's not just straight out you know i'm going to torture your balls and cock until they fall off i mean some some men obviously want that 
though it's not realistic for it to fall off. <laughs> and uh, but that's also another topic for another day is the uh, the whole eunuch situation, you know, eunuch and castration. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. That's a that's a whole topic all on its own, and it's very tenuous at best. So. Okay, so next question, Bunny. Uh, thank you very much for all of those points that I totally, I totally went absent-minded on, but uh, very good points on that. So number two, what is the single most effective fetish to emasculating you? Okay, um, I will answer that in a second. I just want to make a few more points back on the first question. Um, painted nails, shaved body. I mean, you all, you have me, ha or you have my nails painted like quite often. I right now I have like hot pink toenails. <laughs> um, it also might not be talked about, but it is. Uh, it, it's still quite popular in the media. I mean, you have often in TV shows or movies like the man being embarrassed by his wife. I mean, that's emasculating. It, but it's like it's considered funny. And like in shows, I mean, a lot of comedy shows do it, which it, and it is, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so get to your, uh, to the question, what is the single most effective fetish to emasculate my, me chastity because not having control over my own cock is very emasculating, especially considering I've, I was. I was always someone who is quite free with masturbation. <laughs> I mean, I did a lot. Uh, and not being able to do that is mascul emasculating, but at the same time, also quite liberating because it's, I, I mean, I love being denied. But it, again, it is a very emasculating thing to be completely denied, like, especially with what we're doing right now. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is very emasculating, but fun. I mean, I, I have a great time with it. Like I said, I have the spike. You, you had me put the spikes in my cage and uh, yeah. So that leads to some interesting moments for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Just like now, right now. <laughs> I keep seeing you uh, cleaning yourself off and putting it in your mouth because <laughs> you're, you're getting squished and it's causing pre-cum. So... Of course, that's another emasculating form of punishment is making you lick your pre-cum, which I make you do at all times. So much so that now it's just a, a habit, kind of like your old bad habit, which I found out just today, is that you masturbated a lot. Yes. So now I'm even happier that I have you locked for quite a very long time. <laughs> and uh, on and off, I'll put the spikes in so that you can really feel the fact that you are in chastity and that I'm in control of that cock. Or if you can call it a cock, not really. <laughs> so one thing that you did mention, of course, chastity is the most emasculating thing for you, which is wonderful. And that's what we've been doing since probably, I think it was your birthday, the first year that we met, that I got your key from the other lady who was in charge of your key. We went over there and it was a birthday celebration and I got the key and I put it on my necklace. So that was the first year we ever met 
and it might have been, yeah, about a month. And then I got your key. And that was around my neck, and it's never really moved anywhere, unless I take it off for a shower, or whatever the case may be. If I'm out and about and I don't feel like wearing a whole shit ton of keys or even one key, then I'll just go commando, key commando, <laughs> just chastity key commando. Uh, so painted nails, yes. Ever since the beginning of our relationship, I've always taken you to the salon. And when I get a mani and pedi, I would get you a pedicure. I'd pick the color. And it was funny because when you first lived, when we first dated and you were going back and forth, you know, with your dad, your dad had some health issues. You were living with him. You were always worried about taking your socks off because you'd think, what the heck is toenails painted for. <laughs> so that was uh, a lot of fun. Next question is, why do you enjoy emasculation? So the, the big old question, why? Everybody wants to know, why? So Bunny, why? Well, as mentioned before, uh, femdom, I mean, that I, that's probably the single most thing I enjoy about emasculation. Um, because again, it goes beyond as, as I discussed before, it goes beyond the social norms and to submit to a woman in public is again, very emasculating because <laughs> there's been times where we've done that. I've always loved the idea of, uh, of female domination. I mean, it's been something that's well ingrained in me. I've always like, probably since I was fairly young, actually. So that's, uh, the idea of being bound and disciplined by a woman was always uh it's always a fun thing always a fun thing in my mind and but again, but yeah as it is emasculating considering like social norms ah yes uh there's also uh i also remember some times where uh when i would get home from work and you would have um some girly clothes laid out for me crotchless panties a bra that you wanted me to wear sometimes even like uh nylons or or a garter belt or something it was always usually it was it was usually slutty girly stuff like like i said the crotchless panties and that was always pretty fun i mean you also had me uh it was in the winter so it's like i could wear clothes over it but you had me go in like full uh full like uh, lingerie underneath my work clothes <laughs> which was pretty interesting you always wonder if someone's gonna see that bra strap or something <laughs> uh but yeah that's why that's one thing i love about the emasculation chastity too i mean that's that's fun very fun as we were talking about before i mean with the spikes that's that's great i mean it's it just amps it up all all the more. And so I'll go back to you. Yes, that totally makes sense. Femdom being number one. And the public humiliation side of things, or even wearing, say, a full net stocking under your work clothes is part of that emasculation process. And even though you've got male clothes over top, you're still underneath you're dressed up and emasculated 
by me. And at any time you could be found out. And that's, there's this embarrassment factor that could happen. It's, you know, what if, what if that happens? What if this happens? It's a fear of the unknown. And that's what's so exciting in the mind. And so femdom, that makes total sense. I think that's probably why most men enjoy emasculation because of the femdom factor. Now, I will ask number four, why do you think that many people think emasculation or even degradation is a taboo subject? Okay, so it goes back to it is a male-dominated society. I mean, it very much is. Like, I'm not going to cut any things here and say it's not. It really is. Things are getting better, but at the same time, it it's as much as things change, it stays the same. You experience this in, in the cult. It's like, I really don't have to explain it to you. Um, so it's outside of the social norms again. So I think that's why it's a taboo subject. Again, even though it is very much, is very much something that is brought to light in the media and mostly is a joke or something. And like, like I said, comedy shows, even like action movies tend to have it as a, uh, tend to have it as a uh, kind of a funny, funny little moment, right? Where like the, the woman who like, you know, usually is a girl, girly girl who's never like done anything crazy in her life or something. And all of a sudden she does this thing and it's just like, oh, that was so natural. And the, and the guy, the, the action hero is just sitting there like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I really think that for me, it's about changing those opinions or those behaviors taking them from a joke to reality. So taking that idea of a woman being the dominant and and the boss and the humiliatrix into the reality of life. And it might seem taboo and strange because of the male-dominated society that we've lived in for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years it seems to keep falling back. It's a fallback to, oh, okay, the man is the head of the house. The man is the provider. The man is, it's all this toxic masculinity bullshit that needs to stop. And for me, emasculation might be funny. It might be hilarious. It might be society thinking it's a big old joke. But for me, it's reality. And for me, it's one man at a time who has their pride stripped down and who submits to having their pride attacked means that our future will change. So I'm trying to change the reality. I'm trying to change the ideals of a woman being the boss, turning it from a, from a joke, which it really isn't, to the fact that women are superior. Women are supreme. Women can do just about anything or more than any man can do. And they have an edge because they have an edge to read people. They have the edge to read people's emotions and their behaviors. Men see things logically. I'm not saying all of them. Let's, I'm not going to pigeonhole. And, but men in general are working with a different side of their brain. Women have the ability to work with both. 
They can pull in logic, but they also have the emotion, the natural inclination to read people's body language. And that's powerful. So it might be funny to a lot of people, might be made fun of on the screen, on the TV screen, on the movie screen, in Hollywood, wherever it might be. But when I see a submissive that's willing to submit to emasculation, degradation, humiliation, that is one more man learning very quickly that a woman is very powerful. And a woman can degrade you and get you onto that ground and with your nose into the dirt so quickly, your head will freaking spin off. So it's taboo. Of course it is. Nowadays, everybody wants everybody to be, love each other. You know, it's a big love fest. We can't say this. We can't say that. We can't, you know, degrade this type of person, that type of person, this. We got to accept everybody. We got, And that's wonderful. And I want more of that. I want more. I want less cancel culture. I want open minds. So for me, emasculating is about not just the act, the role play, the embarrassment, the fun of it, the joke of it. Oh, it, it goes, runs far, far deeper for me. And as you said, Bunny, you know, being from a cult, a misogynistic cult, I was very cautious about how I proceeded with emasculation because, and degradation and humiliation. I actually avoided it at first because I did not want to bring a sense of hatred or a negative connotation to what I was doing. Yes, it therapized me. I realized there are men out there that are submissive enough, humble enough, non-misogynistic enough to take part in this type of role play so that the woman feels superior. So the woman is looked upon as the superior. And I'm telling you right now, you put a misogynistic man in front of me and I tell him I'm going to emasculate him. There's not a, a million dollars I can hand him that will allow him to give me that chance to put him down. And I wouldn't want to because it's not consensual. I mean, I could do it in a heartbeat, but I wouldn't want to because then hate comes out. And that's not what this is about. What I do this for is to change society, to question, have people question things and question why this is happening. Oh my God, chastity queen, it's taboo. You shouldn't be doing that. That's mean. You're being a bitch. No, I'm not. How about you just, how about you just stop for a minute and research the psychology of it, research the generations and generations and generations of misogyny and realize that there are men out there who enjoy serving a woman because they look up to her as their, their boss, you know, their, their mistress, their goddess, their queen, the female dominant. And I truly believe that this world is changing. And the only way it can get better is by having females dominating the society and men accepting that domination. So that's what I'm doing as a female dominant is to make that change right now. There's a lot of work to do, but it's getting done and I'm not going to quit. So, and I know my other female dominants around this world, you know, from here to 
the other end of the world, from Canada to the other end of the world, and all around, there are women just like me. And so mark my words, we are making a change, we are making a dent, and it's going to continue. Now that that's been said, I'm going to go on to number five. Okay, Bunny, so here's the question. Is emasculation fetish and degradation similar? So let me know what you think about that, Bunny. Okay, um, just to just go back on that a little bit. It's, it's funny because um, men who have egos, it tends to be quite fragile at times. I mean, it, it's funny because it's like you, the moment you say something like that to them, it's like, oh, yeah. It's it's funny. It's it's the men without the egos that are just whatever. I I I don't care. <laughs> I find this fun. <laughs> it's like it's actually kind of. I'm actually getting a little excited by it. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So is emasculation fetish and degradation similar? Well, again, we we've gone on to this. It's quite a broad. Co- category that covers a lot of different things and i feel myself that degradation fits into emasculation it's just emasculation tends to be more of a masculine version of degradation or just a mask or masculine exclusive version of degradation so yeah that's pretty much my view on it uh don't really have much more other than that on this I'm going to start calling this our fun Fridays because I'm having a lot of fun talking about this with you and getting your feedback and it gets my mind jogging and thinking about so many different things. And I know that the people listening will probably also have some feedback and ideas that they want to share. So, (laughs) you know, you can do that on Twitter or you can go to OnlyFans and send me a little message or FetLife. But regarding that, number five, you're right. The masculine exclusive version is more so emasculation, whereas degradation can, maybe it won't have anything to do with the masculine psychology. It might just be stomping on somebody or stepping on their head gently, of course, not too hard. <laughs> uh, it depends, right? Depends on the scene. It depends on the, the negotiations involved, but it's masculine exclusive. And I, and I think you're right in that. Whereas degradation, emasculating can be degra- degrading, but degradation can also not be necessarily emasculating. So the two aren't necessarily exclusive. They're similar. So now for all of our listeners at home wondering, how will I get started in emasculation? Because I know that there are people at home that have been probably thinking about it. Maybe they engage in it without their partner even knowing. Maybe their partner degrades them or in an emasculating way and they secretly enjoy it. So how my question, Bunny, to you is, what do you advise anyone who's getting started in this type of DS session or lifestyle? Well, um, I'm not sure I have any advice for her. anyone who's, I mean, the best advice I can give to someone who's already in a relationship is just try to talk to them. That's try to talk to them, see what they feel about the about the situation. Um, 
that's probably the best thing I can, best advice I can give on that one. Uh, for someone who doesn't have a partner, uh, it's like anything and you, you take your time, you take your time, uh, you research, do your research on it. Um, go to munches, talk to people, make friends with people you can trust. People that can tell you who the good people are to get involved with or not, because it's like any other part of society. There's going to be good people. There's going to be bad people. Uh, there's people who use like, who do use um, BDSM as a, an excuse to abuse a partner. They're just saying, oh, well, it's just BDSM. It's like, well, it isn't if you're. If it's non-consensual, I mean, if you're just beating on someone for the sake of beating on them, that's not BDSM. That's abuse. And if you're in that kind of relationship, well, you need to carefully figure out how a way to get out. Because those are those can be very dangerous situations you don't want to be in. And it's, it's it goes for men, too. This is not just a female ex- exclusive problem. It's not talked about less with men, again, because it is considered emasculating. <laughs> it, it's and not even in the it's not in the good way either. So I'm kind of getting a little off uh, base here with, with the question. But again, it's like it's just advice I feel like I, I need to give. I mean, you probably it, it, people probably give it all the time, but here I am giving it again. So gonna have to live with that one (laughs) so yeah like i said just go and do your research talk to people there's always going to be usually the good people in a fetish community are the ones that stick together they're usually that group that are always at munches the ones yeah the ones that are always there or there quite often um going to parties and stuff like that they're the the nor the regulars as they say, those are usually the good people. But that's not always the case. Sometimes there are some people that aren't that great. But as long as you're making the friends and not just jumping in head first into things, that that's the key to take away from this. Don't jump into anything head first. Just take your time, do your research, talk to people. And that's pretty much the best you can do. And And most people are... And most people who are in the in the community are willing to talk about this kind of stuff, especially the safety aspect. We love to uh, talk about the safety, as you can tell. I just went on this uh, on this uh, I don't know was it three minute rant about it. So yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna hand this back to uh, back to my queen now. Oh, I I don't think that you should apologize for going on a rant about safety and abuse, etc. And I think this is the importance of emasculation, too, is that when it becomes more normalized in a safe setting, then somebody who is being abused can talk about it. They don't feel so embarrassed by emasculation because they've gotten more comfortable with submitting and you know, it, it sounds backward and twisted, but in a roundabout way, the male ego has been chipped off a little bit. So if they are being mistreated, they're not going to be, feel so uncomfortable in that situation. They're able to maybe turn to 
a dominant female who they can trust and, and to tell them, you know, this is what's happening to me. What should I do? Instead of they're not going to turn to their buddy, their masculine buddy, because they're still embarrassed, but maybe they'll go to a woman who they, they look up to as a role model or as a, a femdom who uses very sane tactics to help men and that's what I'd like to believe I am, is that I like to be a helper to men, even if I'm playing with emasculation or being a humiliatrix. There's always that safe word that you can negotiate at the beginning of a scene. I just like to use a traffic signal, green, yellow, red. Very specific, very easy, very common. That cannot be said too often in any relationship discussion is if you're not feeling safe, then talk to somebody. And if it's getting abusive, get out of it in a safe way. So that's a good, that's good advice in my opinion. Otherwise I would just say personally, when you're talking to a Dom from a Dom's perspective, make sure you're very specific on any words that are triggering to you. So if there's a word that really bothers you, but you want to engage in emasculation, fetish play, role play, you might have certain words that are big. No, no, like, I don't know, asshole, for example. You can't stand it when someone calls you an asshole. It would take you out of subspace and it would ruin the whole experience. So my advice as a dom is, and I would always ask before a session, do you have any trigger words that I should not use? Anything. And some of them would say, some of these men would say, I never thought of that. And then they'd be like, oh yeah, I don't like being called a faggot. Or I don't like being called dummy. I don't like being called stupid. It could be any number of things. It could be something as soft as baby. Don't call me a baby. And in that case, your dom must respect you. And if she's not respecting you, you stop the scene immediately, you call your, your safe word, and you get out of there. <laughs> because I've dealt with people who have come to me and they've said, Mistress, you warned me about going into an unhealthy situation and healthy engagement with Dom, a Dom that I don't know. And I told her to crush my balls and she ended up holding a gun to my head and kicking me so hard, I passed out. And when I woke up, I vomited, and she kept kicking, and she had the gun still at me. That was in the U.S. that happened. And he came back from Las Vegas, and he said, you know, I said, well, what dom did you go to see? And he said, X, Y, Z, name. And it was quite a popular dominant that a lot of people have seen online all over the place. And she's she's people expect that she knows her stuff because she's out there. But just because somebody is highly visible, extremely popular, and looks the part, it doesn't mean that when you engage with her in a physical manner, face-to-face, -face, that she's going to respect you. Because egos can happen just as quickly in females as, as it can happen in male. So many women are becoming dominants because they think my dad was an asshole. I want to, I want every man to suffer. 
And that's just not how you do it. That's not how you create change by creating more anger and hurt and, and abuse. So he came back to me and he said, look, you know, you, you, you warned me. You warned me about not going, first of all, not going, he's from Canada. Don't go to the U.S. and don't go to a dom you've never seen before and ask her to destroy your balls at all costs. And he went and he did it because his fetish overtook his logic. So when your fetish overtakes your logic, you're going to get into trouble. So never, even if you've had a fetish for a specific thing and you finally decide, fuck it, I'm going to go, I'm going to experience it. What could go wrong? Well, in my opinion, everything can go wrong if you don't do your research. I think Bunny wants to add something to this. So one thing about this guy I, I remember specifically is that he, again, he wasn't someone who took safety seriously. He actually insisted on no safe words, which, I mean, if that's something that you, you want to go that extreme, then fine. You don't, you don't use your safe words, but I always say you, you agree on safe words. I don't care you do that that is that is beyond i mean i don't want to victim blame here but that is beyond dumb <laughs> you you always have safety words you you got that i can't i can't stress that enough don't do that kind of thing because as like this guy has suffered permanent injury from this from this thing like he, like his balls will never be the same. So, so that's just a big no, no, don't do that. Yeah. As, as you said, Bunny, no matter what, you've got to have a safe word. And he would persist and insist and persist and insist with me. And I think I knew that's why I knew he was setting himself up for disaster at some point or another, because I said to him, look, I know you, you trust me. He said, I trust you. You're so good. This, but I don't feel comfortable with that. You're going to need a safe word. And he, he just was so insistent that he didn't want a safe word. So he carried that, that desire, the non-consensual engagement along with destroying his balls at, at any cost when he hadn't had an orgasm, he was in that heightened state of, I want to do everything and anything. I want her to destroy my balls. I'm not going to complain. I just want it so badly. I must have it. He was not being logical whatsoever. So when he came to see me and he admitted that that had happened, he wanted me to do a ball crushing scenario with him. And I said, are you sure about this? He said, yeah. He said, it was a bad experience. You were right, queen. But I still want to do something with you because I trust you. So I had him on the ground and he wanted me to have boots on, which is another level of intensity. And I started working on him, not knowing to the extent of damage that he had. And I started kicking. And but I was watching him and it was within 
maybe a minute. I knew something wasn't right, and I stopped, and I looked at him, and I said, I have to stop. Something's not right. And he just said, just give me a minute, I'll try to, like, he, he wanted to give me some time so that he could collect his, himself and try. I said, no. So I got him up, we went down to my dungeon, because I had just started working on him in the kitchen. He wanted it immediately, of course. He couldn't wait. So I took him down to the dungeon, and I laid him down. And I did an examination on his body, on his testicles, and on his cock, the whole nine yards, just to kind of feel. And the, the, the intensity of the pain from what I'd done to him, which was very minimal, to be honest, it was actually quite, it wasn't even near ball crushing. I had was, I was going soft because of what he had told me. I said, you've got, you've been damaged. I said, have you been to the hospital? He said, no, I'm married. I, what am I supposed to tell her? I said, I don't know, but you should have, after that situation, you should have went to the hospital. He had never gone to the hospital. He kept it to himself. You see, so his desires were so strong that when he was even damaged at that point, he wasn't going to go to the hospital because he might be found out. His wife would find out or the doctor would question him and say, what in the heck happened to you? So he went along and then he came to see me, wanted me to do the same thing. That's just destructive behavior in my opinion. So I told him, I ended the, the, the session completely and I just said, listen, you know, I'll give you your money back. You got to get to the doctor. She's no, no queen, keep the money. But I promise you I'll go. I said, look, if you have to tell your wife you fell or if something happened, get it checked. Because if you don't, there's no turning back. It affects everything. It affects erections. It affects so much. You could have a blood clot. I said, you don't know what she did. She she could have given you a blood clots, you know. So, and I mean, this lady, basically, just to re refresh everybody and just give you a little bit more background, he went to Vegas on a business trip without his wife, obviously. Decided, I have a desire for the ball crushing. I want no non-consensual play. I, I want to go and, and do this and with no safe words. So he contacted this Dom who was well-known and very socially available. People can see what she does. And basically, she came in. Not only was she there with a gun, she had another man there, her security. And he was also armed. And she literally kicked him. Like I told you, he passed out once initially, but he passed out multiple times. And he was throwing up. And he didn't know how he could escape. Of course, he was naked. And he's in Las Vegas, out of his country. And he's at a Dom's house where she has a gun on him and her security has a gun. Not only did they rob him, but he barely escaped. He doesn't even know how he was able to escape the house. But he did. He ran out just at a moment in time when he had a chance. He escaped it. I said to him, you know, you may not have even returned from the U.S. 
and your wife would have known it because <laughs> she would have been coming back in a, you know, a crate, basically. So that's an extreme case of um, somebody who is taking their fetish too far. We'll talk about many other stories, but because that's not my only story, that's just one of the most, I'd say, extreme cases. And as a dom, when I ask somebody, do you have any health issues? And I always had asked that at the beginning. And they're expected to answer. So when they say they want to butt plug up their ass, and then they start cramping up, and I say, what's going on? And they say, well, I forgot to tell you, I've got Crohn's, which is a, a bowel disorder, which fine, I mean, no shame to that. I'm not going to put a dildo or a plug up your ass if you are somebody with Crohn's and you're flared up. So I don't know if it's an embarrassment factor or what it is, but at times men just decide they're not going to tell me what the heck's going on. But I usually find out anyway. And in that case, I just said, look, buddy, you're, you're, you're messed up. You're just totally destroyed down there and you need to go to the doctors like today. <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, flip the switch on this now. And now that we've scared everybody shitless <laughs> and I want to go to an exciting portion where I discuss some of the questions and comments that have come to me in regards to masculation. I presented a poll on Twitter and the comment was, I love engaging in emasculation. And then for the people doing the poll, I put as a sissy while in chastity with small penis humiliation or because women rule. And the number one emasculation engagement was while in chastity. So that was 45%. Uh, as a sissy was 16%. Small penis humiliation was 15%. And 24% was because women rule. So CQ's bunny, my slave said, really all of the above, but I choose because women rule. So that's nice. And then Kusher Mark says, in chastity with small penis humiliation. And I also got another comment saying, by submissive worm, in my humble opinion, I crave emasculation and chastity. is It's a tool to break this false male ego. It is a tool to obtain the results because women rule. I really enjoyed that. And let's see if I said anything here. Um, actually, we went on to, I, I posted a picture with a question, what turns you on about being emasculated? Beta Boy said, it turns me on because I am what my dom truly sees me as. I have always been taught to be strong or manly and all that bullshit. <laughs> it just feels so right to submit to an assertive woman. So he, he feels like that those expectations are bullshit. And, you know, in a lot of cases they are. It's kind of ridiculous to expect men to be something that they don't want to be. And some men are just naturally submissive and they love female dominance. So more power to them, is in my opinion. Kusher Mark said, and I apologize if I'm reading that wrong, 
It turns me on to be humiliated. It is a fetish of me. If someone does things to emasculate me, it is humiliation because I'm not a real man anymore. That's hot sometimes. In real life, everyone likes me. I don't know. And I said, it gets pretty boring having yes men or fake friends who kiss up, even when you're probably legitimately fabulous. To be degraded puts you in, a, in your place. Men need that every so often because it serves as motivation to try harder. When everyone acts like you were perfect, yawn, right? So it's, uh, it gets boring having people always say, you're great, you're this, you're that, you're an alpha man, you're successful. And that's wonderful. I mean, there's nothing wrong with people saying that to you. But when everybody in your circle doesn't hold your hand to the fire and say, hey, you need to be better, it gets kind of lackluster after a while. And you you look for something different. You look for a woman to dominate you because you don't want to be an alpha man today. You just want to be submissive today. So regarding submissive worm's statement about the feeling of not making decisions anymore, feeling the power transfer is, is what he says. It's really interesting. Women rule men and tell them how to behave and how to please them properly. Now on FetLife, I also posted the same photo and the by maid says the power exchange made to order says having it done by chastity queen, which is very kind of you. Thank you. Phoenix says, well, the first thing has to be seeing that wicked evil grin on your face. I thought that was nice. And I do. When I get sadistic or I'm emasculating, I do get very, I enjoy it more than I should. Okay. Then I've got vulnerables, which I love the name. And I'll let, I'll give, I'll hand it over to Bunny in a minute. He says, giving up everything to the woman that I'm devoted to. Slavery is a lifetime dedication. So there's an example of another man on this planet that has just gets it now, gets it, that women do rule. Okay, I'm going to hand you over to Bunny. Yeah, I kind of like that evil grin you had um, uh, the first time we tried the spikes on this and we took them off for cleaning and you and I showed you the little uh, cuts in my... <laughs> in my penis and you couldn't even contain your uh your evil grin it was actually quite amusing i mean more so for you but uh i i still found it quite amusing i don't want to freak anybody out <laughs> by smiling at cuts on a cock but it was uh it was more like press marks i guess uh, little little red little red mini cut press marks <laughs> He said it cut. It cut. Not not terribly. I don't no. want to I don't want to overplay bad. it. It wasn't what you think, no. you know. Sometimes what you hear is and what you see in your mind is much worse than what you see but in real life, but there were definite war wounds on that cock <laughs> because the spikes had been on for 2 days. Um, yeah. 2 days. And we went to the beach as well, so that was interesting. Thank you, Bunny, for being part of this fun episode on emasculation. And I want to thank everybody 
for tuning in to my Diaries of a Dom, plus questions answered with me, Chastity Queen. And don't forget to subscribe to my OnlyFans and also to Fat Life. You can go on and follow me or friend me. And if you want a fantastic chastity device called the Vice or a high-quality strap-on called the Crotch Rocket, which pairs wonderfully with the Vice, go to LockedInLust.com and use my premium 15% off discount code ChastityQueen. So I want to say thank you, Bunny, for spending time with me and talking about this topic. And uh, we will definitely be coming to you again on the following Friday. I'm not quite sure what topic we're going to choose. But do you have any ideas? One thing, I mean, we can always talk about is chastity itself. I mean, that would be a... I mean, it's right up both of our alleys, obviously. Chastity Queen and the whole five-year thing. Well, five and a half, really. So I think that would be a good uh, subject to go on. Um, again, it's up to you, my queen, what you want to do. But uh, I think that would be a good one. Until then, my lovelies, bye for now. 